welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, May the 30th, uh, this Memorial Day. If you are in the United States, it's a, it's a special day we celebrate uh, honoring those uh, beloved dead who have served uh, the country uh, in a, such a way as to, to lay down their life so, um, so that the freedoms that we experience may be, um, may be cherished. And so in a special way, we honor them. But my friends, wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's freedom and joy today, my friends. Thank you for being present with me uh, today, even on this holiday. Hey, we are a full-service podcast here. We don't take no stinking holidays off. Why would we do that? The Word of God takes no days off. In fact... We had our own holiday this weekend, didn't we? We call it a holy day. And uh, it was the Feast of the Ascension. And because we're doing that, not normally uh, on this Monday um, of the uh, seventh week of Easter, uh, we would normally be going again through John's Gospel. We left last Friday with John's Gospel, chapter 16, and we would pick up with that today. But you know what, today? I'm going to do something different because we didn't get to hear the readings from the Holy Day. I'm going to take the first reading from uh, yesterday's uh, Holy Day, the Feast of the Ascension, and read it today. And that's going to be our focus. So uh, why? Because I guess I make the rules. This is my pod, so I can do that. And you know what? It's good stuff. Before I do, two announcements. Two announcements. Equally as important, I will let you be the uh, judge of which may be more important. The first is this. I fancy myself an Irishman. I am uh, the son of a uh, mother who is 100% Irish, who comes from the McEnany and O'Reilly and uh, O'Brien clans. And yes, Last Friday, I quoted, you know, in my Irish heritage, uh, a poem um, called The Second Coming. I quoted it. And then just as quickly as quoting it, I misquoted who wrote it. I said it was by John Keats, uh, this poem called The Second Coming, which of course it's not. It was by W.B. Yeats, William Butler. And uh, what kind of an Irishman am I? If I... I'm confusing Yeats and Keats. I I don't know. I don't know. That's a struggle. I want you to know. I know the difference. But I want you to know I blew it last Friday. So if you were listening and you said, Zank just said that was Keats and it's Yeats, you were right. I was not. And uh, none of that takes away the uh, the correctness of, well, the correctness, that's not the right word, the... Uh, <laughs> how how the poem fit in with whatever I was talking about at the time. Uh, Lord knows I can't remember it now. But anyway, that's announcement number one. My apologies to all you who are far better Irish women and Irish men out there. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, this podcast, I began back in March of... 2020. Uh, I am so grateful to Mandy Kramer, who was the one who was the brainchild of this. She was the one who suggested it. It never would have occurred to me uh, to do it 
and I'm grateful for her creativity. And uh, I am grateful to my son, Seamus, who uh, helped me find a host and who helped uh, create the uh, the artwork for for what I do. He kind of had been down that path before me and showed me how to do it. And I'm grateful to both of them for, you know, helping lift this off the ground. And I'm grateful to my daughter, Bridgie, Bridget, for helping do the music for it. I began this podcast as a way when the churches were shutting down uh, at the beginning of the pandemic as a way to reach the people during that time when we were not together. And I began it when I was in active ministry within the church. And it was something that was easier to do at that point because every day I went into the church and I could just make sure I took some time out of my uh, day to make sure I was doing that. Since I started in hospice ministry uh, back about six plus months ago, it's been more difficult because every night I need to come home and I always do the pod the night before. So you're listening to this on Monday, but just know I'm doing it on Sunday night. And, uh, and it's getting harder and harder for me to make time. Usually it's late at night uh, because I have to make time to, to read the readings, to ponder them, to, to come up with an angle and then, and then actually do them. And then, you know, whatever little production work there is to, to put it in. Long story short, I think the podcast, this one being episode 564, in its daily uh, routine and in its daily offering, I think it's run its course. I don't want the podcast to become a chore for me. I find myself repeating a lot of the same things that I've said and, and I, I, I don't know how life-giving that is for you on the other end who are listening to that. Um, and I want to make sure that it is something that continues to uh, give life, not only to me as the one who is putting it together, but you who are, are receiving and listening. So I've made a decision that this will be the final week. I made this decision actually back during Lent. Uh, I wanted to carry this podcast through the end of the Easter season. Well, this is the last week of the Easter season. And I think at the end of this week, I will no longer be doing this on a Monday through Friday basis. What I do hope to do, and my plan now, is every Friday morning, once a week, to drop a podcast uh, for the week end readings, for Sunday's readings. So what I plan to do, and I'll talk more about it toward the end of the week, is read the first reading and the gospel. So I'll now read two readings, comment on them, pray a rosary at the end. But it'll only be a once a week pod. Uh, and that way I'm only kind of putting in that time on a Thursday evenings and it frees up a lot of other time. And, and that way... I want to drop it on a Friday morning so you can hear it before you hear the readings for the weekend. You can chew on it. And then when you hear the priest or deacon give the homily on it, you already will have heard the readings and can reflect not only on what the readings meant to you uh, and where I took them, but also where the priest or deacon takes them. And in that fullness, kind of um, just kind of 
uh, have that word set on your heart and uh, in, in a number of different ways and let that seed be planted. So just know that's the plan going forward. Now, I know I've already been eight minutes into this pod and I've just been giving announcements, but I hope that's, I won't say I hope that's okay. I, I, I just, just know from my perspective, this is what I needed to do for it to continue to be life-giving to me and not something that would become a chore. I, I, I don't want it to be that, and I, and I don't want it to be um, something that is just habit or routine for any of us, okay? So with that said, my friends, let's read the first reading. It's out of Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, all right? And we'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll, we'll have a couple of things to ponder and chew on uh, as we move forward, okay? So Acts 1, 1 to 11, I will read the New American Translation today. Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as he was going, suddenly two men, dressed in white garments, stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven." My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, of course, my friends, we are hearing this uh, story uh, of the ascension, which makes sense that we, that we heard it on the feast day. But we are hearing it through the, uh, the, the writings of Luke. Now, as I'm sure many, if not most of you already know, Uh, Luke was probably the second most prolific writer in the New Testament following Paul. Paul wrote all those letters to those churches, particularly Romans, Corinthians 1 and 2. Those were incredibly long letters. Uh, And then all the other, um, I won't say lesser churches, but smaller, smaller letters to those churches. So Luke wrote not only his gospel, but also Acts of the Apostles. So the reason this reading starts out as it does, in the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught. Well, the first book he's talking about is his gospel. 
and it dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up. The Gospel of Luke ends with the ascension of Jesus. All right? Now, Theophilus, of course, I've, I've used this word before. Theo means God. Uh, Philus, uh, think Philadelphia, love, city of brotherly love, right? Uh, and so Theophilus means lover of God, God lover. And so it's not necessarily a person that he's writing to named Theophilus. He's writing to you and I, those who are lovers of God, those disciples. So in my first book, God Lover, You, Me, I dealt with all that Jesus didn't taught until the day he was taken up. Okay, good. So we know that. So that was the first book the, uh, that dealt with Jesus. And now he's writing a second book. Why would he write a second book? He's writing this book, brothers and sisters, about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus right away in this book has to get out of the, out of the scene. So Jesus has these first 11 verses. That's it. And he goes off. And at the end, promises to come back, promises to send the Spirit. But not only that, these two men from Galilee, okay, they're, the apostles are standing there, jaws on the ground, looking up at the sky like, whoa, what just happened here? And these two men, I mean, I think we safe to call them angels, uh, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you have seen him going. Now, for most of my life, I've kind of taken that as to say the second coming of Jesus, he will return on a cloud just like that. And I'm not saying that's a poor interpretation. That may well have been what these two men of Galilee are saying. But I'm not positive. I think, I think where Luke is pointing actually is to the coming of the Spirit, which is going to come at the beginning of chapter 2, which we are going to hear about, right, this coming weekend on Sunday because the Feast of Pentecost is coming. And I think he's saying the Spirit will come down. Now, again, you don't have to take my interpretation that way at all, but I do want to read you uh, out of Eugene Peterson's um, The Message and, and because it's fascinating. I, I like how he says it because it kind of, I think, points uh, to, to what I'm saying here. Uh, suddenly, two men appeared in white robes. They said, you Galileans, why do you just stand here looking up at an empty sky? This very Jesus, who is taken up from among you to heaven, will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left. I love that image. He will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left. And I, I think, my friends, that idea of Jesus coming mysteriously is coming in this, cloaked in this power of the Spirit. That no longer is Jesus constrained by time or, or location. But now Jesus, as I mentioned, what is it, last week or the week before, he's able to be everywhere all at once in this gift of the Spirit who comes down upon them mysteriously but certainly from on high as they were gathered in the uh, upper room um, praying, right? And so I think that's what he, they're, they're pointing to here at the end. So, lest I keep going on, um, 
and and miss the main points that I want to get to. Here's what they are. The whole idea of ascension, my friends, is a wonderful one of trust. I've used this image before that I don't know how many of you have children. And I don't know how many of you have children who are of the age to drive. But the image, I think, is a good one. You know, for six months or a year, I'm going around or Renee is going around with our kids and trying to teach them to drive. And we're seeing all their mistakes. And there's a whole lot of prayers going on in that uh, passenger side seat, you know, as we're, we're moving, you know, down the, the, the road and, and hoping that they're doing well. And, you know, the, they go through driver's ed and they take their instruction and eventually they pass their test. And there comes a time where we have to give the keys over to them and trust that they have learned enough to handle this on their own. Even though they are not the drivers we are, they don't have the wisdom and the experience that we have, there's only one way to get that, and that's handing the keys over to them and allowing them to go out. And that takes a great deal of trust, and it takes a great deal of faith, it takes a great deal of prayer, and it takes a great deal of hope. But you know what? We give it to them, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But either way, we stand with them, right? I think that's exactly what the ascension is. Jesus didn't just spend those one to three years in ministry with the disciples. Luke says it here, that uh, he presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So he kept giving instructions. Uh, you know, uh, I dealt with all that Jesus did and, and taught until the day he was taken up after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. He continued to teach after the resurrection. And, and eventually, I think he said, but there's only one way you're really going to learn. And that is me getting out of the way sending the Spirit to you, and you going off and being that. And that is, my friends, the primary focus of Luke's second book. It's not on Jesus. It's on the church. And it's on the Spirit's presence empowering the church. And the mistakes they make, read actually the apostles. They make plenty of them. But it's them expanding the boundaries of what it means to be church and exploring that. They didn't know uh, when they took these keys right here in, in verse 11 uh, that what this meant. It didn't come with an instruction manual. They had to figure out in the way, and they knew a whole lot more by the end of this book than they did at the beginning. But even then, that doesn't mean it's done, you know, 28 chapters or whatever later. They had to continually learn just as we continue to learn what it means to be church now. Brothers and sisters, I guess my point being, this is wonderful. Our God trusts us. And our God um, hands the keys over to us and says, this is your responsibility. You know, there's a story that this uh, uh, pilgrim 
this, uh, you know, holy person was on their knees. And uh, as they were there on their knees in prayer, they saw the lame, the beggars, and the blind pass before them. And in the midst of this prayer, this beggar, or this, this holy, pious person got angry at God and said, God, why on earth don't you do something about these, these people? And God, in God's goodness, responds to this pious person saying, I did do something. I made you. And that's the idea of church, brothers and sisters is no longer do we simply say, and, and if we do, we do it naively. If we simply say, hey, listen, this is God's doing, not mine. No. We're saying then that God is the only dancer. What the ascension says is we now get to take the floor. In fact, we must take the floor. It is no longer an option. Our God needs us to be the incarnation. Now, that doesn't mean you know, that we are the fullness of God like he was. But it means we have the spirit within us and God's presence is there. And we need to be the arms and the legs. That's how seriously our God takes us. And it's how seriously we need to take ourselves. That we need to say yes to the dance. And if we do not, we cannot blame God for God's lack of action because we have no one to blame other than ourselves when we look in the mirror. Last thing I'll say is this. I love this idea where it says, uh, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. When they had gathered together, they said, Lord, are you going to restore Israel? He says, hey, it's not for you to know times or the seasons, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay, yep, we know that. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I love that. So Jerusalem, which is where they are, that's the first ripple in the pond, right? You will, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You already have, but you're going to be in the temple. You know, you're going to be amongst the community. They already know who you are. You have been my witnesses already. They know who you are. You're going to be in there too. But you know what that next ripple is? Judea and Samaria. Uh, Judea, because that's where uh, Jerusalem is in. So you gotta, you got to take it to the Jews because the Jews are in Judea. But you know who's in Samaria? Some of the people you don't like. Some of those ones, quote-unquote, that are half-breeds, half-Jewish, half-infiltrated, infiltrated, you know, um, when, when the Assyrians came down and, uh, and um, uh, took over the country 700 years earlier. And... Uh, I mean, I'm kind of thinking of like Dumbledore, not Dumbledore, like Hogwarts or whatever, you know, the, the muggles, the, the impurity of the blood. Um, but, but that they, uh, they married into these Gentiles. How's that a better way to say it than, than using, uh, Harry Potter imagery. Um, and that's the Samaritans. And, so you're not only going to have to give it to the Jewish people, you're going to have to give it to those who are half Jewish, half Gentile. But then if that were the last, you know, if that were the last ripple in the pond, maybe that would be okay. But then he gives the final ripple, which is all the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth, which means Gentile and non-Gentile. Brothers and sisters, my point is this. We are called to be witnesses Witnesses to those we know and we're comfortable with. 
witnesses to those whom it's expected that we're going to be witnesses to, witnesses to those we have no idea. Uh, you know, we haven't even met them yet, or, 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 or to the ends of, of, of our, our world. But we're also going to have to be witnesses to those whom we may not care for, those who are close and those who are far off, those who are dear and those who are less than so. We are called to be witnesses to all. And none of this, none of this we can do without God. We do not dance on our own any more than we say, God, you dance on your own out there. It is a joint dance. And the Feast of Ascension reminds us that our God invites us in. We've been trained to dance. And now he invites us onto the floor and says, shall we? May I have this dance? Let's pray. And so we begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first luminous mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. 
Have a wonderful Monday. Have a wonderful Memorial Day, a wonderful holiday, and a wonderful week. Be well, and God's peace.